Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. My wife is still shaking her head as I was testing out new radio intros for the Homeschool Together. <laughs> they were bad, guys. They were really bad. I used to run radio in college, guys. Anyway, if you have a chance, head down to the show notes. You could still be one of those those lucky individuals to leave us a wonderful five-star review on iTunes. That would be wonderful. And also c- connect with us on social media. Follow us on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribing is also really important. It helps us to raise yeah. in the rankings of Apple. So please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. And, yeah. and it helps us as well. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> 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 We're on MySpace. <laughs> oh God, MySpace. That was like another lifetime ago. Yeah. Follow us and Tom, and we'll be on my, MySpace. Um, anyway, so we, today we are coming back to our scheduling, uh, a second episode in our scheduling series talking about the scheduling for the week. And we're going to be talking a lot about different ways to plan a week, how you can, you know, attempt to homeschool through the, through a series of days different methods, different ways to do that. And hopefully you can find a method that maybe works for you or one that you can adapt into your current schedule. Our last episode was on the daily schedule. A lot of the daily challenges that you can have, like building a schedule, maintaining that schedule, how to work through a lot of problems and, you know, a lot of found time, how to do find hooks to spur education or spur expectation for your learner. Today, we're going to be talking about your week. And then the next episode, we'll be talking about the year and how to plan for your entire year. So, Ariel, people want to schedule. <laughs> How can they schedule a five-day week? So, we'll start traditional. Five days. Yep. The 40-hour so, homeschool week. How, how do we do this? <laughs> um, so, for a five-day week, you have a couple of options. You can either do uh, every subject every day, mm-hmm. but a little bit like a public school would be. This is not necessary, but if you want to do that, you could. You could also just homeschool five days a week and do a mix of different subjects each day. Maybe yeah. uh, you always do math and reading, but then the other subjects, you may do art or science on different days and things. We tend to do something like this. We do homeschool every day of the work week, um, Monday through Friday, but we don't do the same subjects every day. We do have a couple that we repeat yeah. every day, sometimes in different iterations. But um, So that's just your traditional, I'm going to homeschool every day of the yeah. week. Well, and if you, if you listen to our previous this episode about the daily planning you know we we dropped that we are now starting our homeschool partnership where our our oldest is now doing a lot of enrichment classes at the homeschool partnership and it's caused a very disjointed week as i would say right and we've and had we'll, to really we'll get to that yeah we, we we've had to adapt to that so we are still able to homeschool every single day and mm-hmm. it just maybe it's not every single ep- subject every single day but we are able right. to still do that what about the four-day week so what is this what is this three-day weekend thing and when, <laughs> when can we 
mandated across the board. So a lot of families adopt a four-day week for homeschool where they homeschool Monday through Thursday and they have Friday free for field trips. It doesn't necessarily have to be Monday through Friday. Right. It could be a different day. But, you know, basically a lot of people do Friday off um, where, you know, you take a day that you can do field trips, you can run errands. It's a great day for appointments. It's good to have a library day. Or if you want to start a long weekend, take a long weekend trip, this can also be maybe you want yours to be Monday because nobody nobody goes over Mondays you know maybe something like that works better for you um but the four-day week is really popular with a lot of families it gives them that one day that uh is still when when more businesses are open and they Mm -hmm. can make doctor's appointments and things like that it doesn't impact their normal homeschool routine Mm -hmm. so uh, or you know every friday is a field trip really really nice for big families yeah. yeah, especially when you have like maybe a lot of appointments and you don't, you can't just sprinkle that through the, I mean, the week. Honestly, I would love to do it this way if we could go places, <laughs> yeah. you know, during the pandemic, we can't go a lot of places, but I love the idea of having one day a week where you go on a field trip. I mean, how exciting that every week you have something new that the kids could look forward to that you could do. That that sounds really cool. So this is a very popular for a lot of families. So we want to just put that out there that this is another option. Absolutely. What, what about one subject today? Um, just being able to focus on a single task or single subject. Right. So some families, it's like math is Monday and science is Tuesday and reading is Wednesday. And do, they just... Do, do they typically have multiple hours of that? Yeah. So okay. they, they do, they'll do a whole week's worth of work. Essentially, rather than doing like a little bit of math every day, it's like Monday is math day. So maybe they're going to do math workbooks. Maybe they're going to do math games. They're, yeah. They'll maybe do some game schooling. Uh, maybe they'll do formal math lessons. Maybe do some Khan Academy math. I mean, okay. you know, they would spend the whole day whatever blocks of time right maybe they've got you know a couple of hour two hour blocks and they just focus on one subject for the day they could really do a deep dive and this is especially great if your kids love to deep dive into things Mm -hmm. and like oh we're gonna do science and let's say we're doing space science you know so uh on one day a week we're we're doing space science and we're gonna just dive into all learning all about jupiter and the whole day we're gonna do videos and we're gonna do um, great books and we're going to watch a documentary and it's all going to be like a focused day. So if your kids love to just get into the details, yeah. this might be a great option for you to just really focus. It's also really nice too, because once you finish with that subject, you're done for the day too. Yeah, that's so, nice. you know, if your kids got really, if, if your kids are not super into it and they don't want to go down rabbit holes, maybe you finish the day early, but if they do, you have plenty of time for them to really dig in to maybe get more books out or watch more videos or, yeah. you know, do more research or whatever it might be. Well, and there's a lot of thinking around this. There, This is not just some crazy idea. I know there's some universities that have classes that run for a month. And that's the only thing you do five days a week. You should do one class. I think Appalachian State was doing this. I don't know if they're still doing this, but they have these extended classes that take four to six weeks and that's the only thing you do and then you move on to another class so it's not a crazy idea to just say i'm only going to do one subject a day there's a lot of thinking and a lot of you know um science behind that way of doing it but right you know one subject a day doesn't seem you know very you know i 
I need to do more. How can I do one subject a day, but with a little bit extra? So you could adopt this, but say I have a priority subject like exactly. phonics or math, and yeah. I'm going to do that every day. And then the rest of the day is going to be this one subject. Yeah. So, okay, Monday is geography and Tuesday science and Wednesdays, whatever. But we're always going to start with a quick reading lesson every day, right? Yeah. So if you want to do these these one subject a day model, you could kind of do the one subject a day plus, mm -hmm. which would have this one or even two priority subjects. And we kind of do this. We do like, uh, we always do a math and a reading every day. Those are our priority subjects. And then the rest of the day is usually focused on something else. So, um, you know, you can definitely structure it this way if you want to. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to, if you love the one subject a day, you don't have to leave your priority priority out and the priority subjects too could be something that is a subject where your child really needs practice yeah. and you find that going a whole week in between like maybe it's math you know you find like oh man if i don't touch math if i only do math every monday like my child doesn't retain that week yeah. to week so i need something that hits a little bit more often so maybe you do it every day or maybe you do it three days a week or something, but um, you can still spend the majority of your day focusing mm -hmm. on a subject. Well, and none of these are, none of these are all or nothing, I guess yeah. is what I would say. Well, and I think with some of these, because the, you know, they, they get kind of wonky here. Um, you can test these in the homeschool off season that we like to refer to as well, summer. Yeah. Test, know, test them anytime. It, it's definitely a great time to test it. You can test it in, you know, holiday weeks. Maybe you have an extra week off. You want to try something a little bit different. Definitely give it a try and don't think it just has to be your, your schedule for the, the whole year. This is definitely something that can be applied to different times of the year, especially if you're an eclectic homeschooler or if you're an unschooler and you want to try to think of like, you know, I need to hit that priority subject, but my learner wants to learn about something different. You know, there are different ways to do this and different times right. to apply it. And you could take all the things you need to do for the week and say, well, this week we're going to do a four-day week and we're going to yeah. see how that goes. Next week, we're going to try doing just one of those subjects each day. I mean, mm -hmm. you could still get all your work done at the end of every week and try out a few of these different methods if you'd like to. How about an, an enrichment-driven schedule? So that's exactly what we're on that's now. That's what we are right uh, So now. this is where you've got a co-op or parent partnership or uh, some other enrichment that really dictates how you arrange your week because you need to both prepare for those classes and then accommodate them happening. So maybe we need to do some homework or something to prepare for those classes. And mm -hmm. then obviously we've got to take the time to go and do the classes. So the rest of our homeschooling week really revolves around the fact that, oh, for us, we have parent partnership Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that sets the whole tone. That means that Monday and Friday for us personally are our big homeschool days because those are days we don't have parent partnership mm -hmm. and we can really focus on getting a lot of work done. And the parent partnership days, by the time we get home at noon, our daughter has had quite a lot for the day. And, and she's gassed a, a lot of times. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not, it's not a time for us to do really intensive like math work with her it's a good time for us to lean into game schooling and mm -hmm. to do read alouds and art and other fun maybe some science experiments doing other a lot fun of our things. around the world curriculum stuff for those times right that's a great time for that because she's already had a lot of stimulation so if you've got some other enrichment that you're doing or you you're doing know, like a forest school or you're doing like a montessori edition on, on what you're doing right absolutely. or you know you're you're doing a you know, you have a really intensive extracurricular activities going on. You're, you're, you're a competitive gymnast or you're doing some right. sport that's really important right. to your family. Like you're skiing a lot or you're, you know, you're, you're taking them to other type of big investment. Like you're 
oh, your kid's the next Tiger Woods or golfer, right? That type of thing. And you got to spend four hours on the, on the course every day, right? Right. That those type of things, this will help. This will yeah, help so that. this would be a, a weekly schedule that is built around your enrichment. And you'll, yeah. if this is you, you'll, you'll know it's you. Well, and, and on top of that, you compare this with the other one, like what you said, this is our, you know, this is what we're, we're challenged with right now, but also we're employing the one subject a day plus idea for, you know, the right. rest of the week or um, one subject a week for Mondays and Fridays, right? Those type of things. We're, we're right. doing that right we now. We could still yeah. do a, we could do a co-op schedule and still do a four day week if we wanted to. Like, exactly. you know, these are mix and match, but these are the general different types of schedules. Um, the next schedule is, is something that maybe more pertains instead of the enrichment classes or the, the nature of your family or, you know, the learning style of your children. You may be a homeschooler where the parents set the schedule in the sense that there's shift work. Like maybe you have two, two, your husband and wife and you guys work shifted schedules. How can they do that? Right. So this would be maybe your, your, you know, your co, your co, uh, schooling, co-teaching with your spouse and you have different, differing work schedules. So your weekly homeschool schedule is completely dependent on that. Or maybe you have a spouse who does shift work and they're on swing shift. And so you want to do, they're a nurse or they're a firefighter or something. Well, yeah, there's, there's multiple, right? You could be on a daily swing shift where you're going to do all of your homeschooling, like in the afternoon, because that's when dad's home or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're, you, you do have something variable schedule like a nurse or a firefighter. So this is where you're going to be um, setting up a schedule for yourself that you really allow the days to be flexible because mm-hmm. there's variability um, and that you basically set up your set up your weekly schedule, your blocks of time you're going to homeschool to fit into time when either the parent that other parent is working so that you can maximize all of your off time when dad is home and he's not at the firehouse you can you can all be off together with him mm-hmm. or maybe you do it the other way that you mostly do all your schooling when dad is home because that's the time when you can both co-teach and that works best for you i mean whichever way just if this is for your family set set up your schedule something flexible enough that you're not like rooted into every Monday we must do this because then that's going to be really tough to work with variable work schedules. Uh, we have families that are more eclectic, more unit study driven, maybe even some unschoolers. What about an ad hoc mentality for your week, how you schedule and plan your week? So this would be for uh, definitely for unschooling families, for families that do like unit studies. That means that your weekly schedule is going to vary every week. So uh, this week we're, we're studying, we're doing a unit study on this one subject. And that means that we have a field trip on Thursday to go to the aquarium because we're going to do sharks or whatever, you know? Okay. So this is that day and you know, things could be different. So that would be especially if you're getting a lot of learner led learning like for example you said sharks maybe you're doing sharks and you're going to have to fill in every single subject using sharks and you know you're going right. to have to drop you've got a in a research yeah, day that you've yeah. got to go to the library and the library them, yeah. is not open every day or you know there could be you know whatever you need to do these are families who don't have a set weekly schedule basically that every week, either every day of every week, if you're unschoolers, it's it's different every day what the kids are doing and, and what they're learning. Or, um, you know, if you do subscribe to unit studies or different shorter duration curriculum, that your schedule might change week to week. That's okay too. There's there's no rule that says you must have the same weekly schedule. Well, especially where where the time 
the time length of the education is a lot shorter. Like for example, we're doing the around the world study. That's a year long curriculum. You know, we're thinking months, months ahead with these type of families, you may have to plan your week. And so the week becomes your major planning block where you have to sit down on a Sunday and think about, okay, what are we doing for the coming week? Mm -hmm. I need to plan something that works here. What day can I do this? What day can we go here? Oh, there, the aquarium has a day off, uh, you know, two for one on Thursday or something. That's the type of thinking with respect to an ad hoc mentality or an ad hoc planning that, you know, would apply to those types of families. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about this 11 and one? So there's a lot of families that prescribe to this alternating weekly schedule. I'm calling it 11 and one. That's my own term just because we, we find like there are days when our, our kids have like, we call it like an 11 day, you know, when they're out, they're out with grandma all day and they're shopping yep. and they're doing this. They have had like a crazy day. And the next day we feel like we need to do a one, <laughs> you know, we need to do a nice quiet predictable, steady day to just balance them because they've mm -hmm. had such an over the top day. That's kind of the same concept. A lot of families will take this alternating approach where they do a day at home that's quiet and they do homeschool work and it's, it, you know, it's all centered at home. And then they have a day where it's out, whether it's a park day or a field trip day or, or play date, big play date, big with play another date with yeah. a co-op or a research day. And they alternate back and forth and they find that this in and out alternating schedule really works well to help their kids focus on the days that they're home, not be too crazy, um, and, and still get plenty of time out. So you can think about this if you want to kind of do an in and out schedule. This is one option that a lot of families, uh, really, really enjoy. This is great for really busy families where you have a lot of activities in your area. If you live in a super busy homeschool area where there's activities going on all the time, mm -hmm. maybe this is helpful to you because then you don't feel like you're going to, you're not going to go to an activity every day. You're going to specifically schedule that, you know, I'm in and out. So I do, you know, I have two activity days a week or three activity days a week. Do, do they tend to plan like, okay, th Tuesday and Thursday are our big days that, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday are right, our quiet or, days. Right, or vice versa, vice versa okay. you know, and so, yeah. And this just helps them narrow so they don't feel like they can sign up for every activity going on. If you've got a lot of co-ops and a lot of homeschool stuff going on and, you know, play dates with kids mm -hmm. uh, down the street and whatever, like you can feel like... Hey, these are our out days. And the other days are our quiet in days. Well, and it also seems like that would be helpful if you have kids with different types of personalities as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got some introverted kids and some extroverted kids. Mm -hmm. You're you're giving time for everyone to be at their best. Mm -hmm. And then you're giving recovery time for the other group. But it's also great because you can target learning for the different kids. Like if you need a quiet day for your quiet learner, you got it. If mm -hmm. you need a loud, noisy, crazy, active day for your, you know, your crazy kid. You got it. Right. Well, right. And the day that your quiet learner is out and about, they're being that that they're being stressed and challenged. Mm -hmm. And so they need that quiet day to recharge and vice versa. The extroverted kid, you know, the me of the world or our daughter needs that out day. Right. I'm going to go crazy if I have to spend all my days as quiet days. People so, are overrated. <laughs> no, so, you know, it's. I think it's yeah. it's great, especially it's if great. you have kids with mixed personality, um, you know, introvert, extrovert, um, and if you have tons of stuff going on that you feel like you have a tendency to want to overschedule yourself, mm -hmm. maybe this, you know, alternating schedule would work well to maintain better balance in your homeschool. What, what about scheduling your subjects, you know, different ways to do that? How, how, how can they do that? 
So there's a few different options when you want to schedule how you're going to tackle your subjects. So uh, a loop schedule is, I think it's the easiest one. There's no pre-planning required. Um, and you know, you just have a, have a, a list of subjects or a crate with your books or whatever you want to call These could it. be all the items you want to accomplish. For, right. So I okay. want to, uh, this week I want to uh, do, or not even this week, but we're going to do geography, science, math, reading, blah, blah, blah. You have this list and you just, you go in order. You just take the next thing off the top and you do that. And then when you get to the bottom of the stack, you loop back to the top and you do it again. And you don't have to stress about, um, exactly what day I'm going to do any one subject. You don't have to think about, um, like, Oh, you know, this is what I have to get done in this set week. You just do the loop. (laughs) You just, you go through the stack and then you go through it again and then you go through it again and you just hit the next item on the list. And it's just, well, and that's for, for families who, who like doing way to go. Yeah. Kind of that work in progress, Kanban-y type of method method. You're basically in essence building a backlog of items and you just take the next thing on the list. Right. And then when you get done, you just cycle back to the top and it's a very stress-free way of going through and hitting all your subjects. It also ensures that you do hit all your subjects, right? If you schedule your days when you're going to do stuff and then the day you were supposed to do your math lesson work, one of your kids is sick and you had to go to the doctor and all this other stuff happens, maybe you missed that day mm-hmm. and you're trying to catch it up and you didn't make it. If you were doing a loop schedule, no big deal because it was the next item on the list. When you're all well again, that'll be the next thing you pick up. So you don't get behind. There's mm-hmm. no behind if you do a loop schedule, which I really like. But you know, that's great for you know doing all the curriculums, but a lot of times we have very specific things we need to do in each subject. Can you do a loop schedule within the subject. So this was the most exciting thing that I came across in my research for this episode was the idea of doing a loop within a subject. Well, and we've talked about this. And I this think may this be, is fabulous. this may be something I, I will start to implement here going oh, forward. Oh, we're going to do it. So, you know, okay. So maybe you, have, I guess it's something I'm implementing. Yeah, we're going to do it. I want to try it. We're going to do it this weekend. We're going to get all of our resources together and make these crates. I, I'm totally convinced. So let's say for uh, phonics, for example, because th- this is us. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll say this, this is us or math. The math is a little easier. So we have our main curriculum. We're doing right start math. We also have some DK math workbooks. We also have um, mathematical reasoning workbook. We have uh, math games that came with right start. We also have other game school games that are math. Um, we have all of these different ways to tackle math. Um, so one of the things you can do is you can loop through just within a subject. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a crate for math and one for phonics reading, and we're just going to pull the next thing. Part of what I love about this is it means that you get to go through all your resources. If I've got workbooks and different things, I'm not going to end up skipping anything. I'm going to get to hit it all because the next time that I hit math, I'm going to pull the next math thing and and I'm just going to go around. The reason that I really want to do it for our family is that it keeps things interesting. Our daughter, when she hears mm-hmm. that she's got to go do reading work, she's like, oh, this is going to be boring because she's not super excited about some parts of reading that we're doing right this minute because it's challenging for her. But if she knew that every time she goes up, it's going to be something different. We don't know. We're going to pick the next thing. It might be bananagrams, yeah. <laughs> right? It might be another uh, hundred lessons book or uh, how to read in a hundred lessons, or it might be, it might be silly sentences, right? It yeah. could be any of these, things. but it also keeps it fresh so that yeah, exactly. she's not doing the same thing. So when she does get to the, you know, one of the hundred lessons lesson, um, 
you know, she, it doesn't feel boring to her. It's just something else that we can do. Right. And it's a little bit more like what they do, you know, at school, they do like reading stations and stuff where they have different reading activities at these different stations that they go around and do. And that keeps things, yeah. keep things, keeps keeps things fresh. Yeah, I feel that, you know, we, every few months you need to change something up. You need to tweak something or you need to, you know, the, the learner gets, you guys kind of get into a rut and mm-hmm. you just keep riding that rut. And I think, you know, making tweaks and changes are really, really helpful. And, I, you know, we've been doing the same thing for six, seven months now where we just, you know, go upstairs after the baby goes down and we do our math and reading. And I think we're having to just kind of spice it up, you know. Yeah. I love the idea of doing a loop within a subject. I think yeah. it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a, you know, throw, throw a little uh, cayenne pepper on our learning. Yeah. <laughs> What, what about block schedules? You know, talk, talk about what that means. So one of the things you can do, and you alluded to a little bit with the way that colleges do it, is yeah. if you have a lot of subjects you want to teach, you could consider doing a block schedule so that rather than do all the subjects once a week, you could focus on only a couple of subjects for X number of weeks. Um, or you could alternate. So let's say like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do, uh, maybe, and you could do, still do your priority subjects. So let's say like every day I'm going to hit a little bit of phonics and math because I want to do that every day. But then my, my subjects for the rest of the day for four weeks, I'm going to focus on history mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do any other subject, but history. And we're going to deep dive into some time period in history. And then the next four weeks, we're going to do science. We're going to well, dive into and, it. And this is great for eclectic homeschoolers, homeschoolers that like unit studies. It's perfect. If you love unit, especially short term curriculums like unit studies, also unschoolers as well. You, you, maybe you say, okay, I'm, I'm unschooling, but I really can't let go of unschooling for, you know, phonics and math. But the rest of the time, we'll do whatever the heck we want. Or you could. You could say, I'm going to focus my kid on phonics, and I'm only going to do that for four weeks if that, if you know, if it works for your family, right? Yeah. Or you could even alternate. Like, let's say the history and science example I used. Instead of doing history for four weeks and science for four weeks, what if you do history and science together for eight weeks? So you do a week of history, a week of science, a week of history, a week yeah. of science. You know, this is the way some colleges are doing it. it it's almost it's like taking a college course. So if that works for your family and you know allows you to take those deep dives and really just just get into something then go for it i think that that's a great i think that's a great way to go and could be a really good option for your family especially if your learner loves to go on rabbit trails within mm-hmm. a subject now what about families who are you know a little bit larger you know mom dad have four or five kids They've got to cover a lot of topics. There's a wide range of things. How can checklists help them? So this is the way that we uh, we tend to run. Yes. We run on a checklist. I have a list every week of everything we need to get done. Yeah. We're going to do three math lessons, and we're going to do two reading lessons, and we're going to do handwriting. Well, you've modified do... your Trello right. uh, work, and, and people have seen the Trello videos on our YouTube channel. Head over there and subscribe if you haven't. Um, smash the like button if you like the videos. The you have done a lot of work on the Trello, but we have kind of made a tweak on how you do that to, to save time and work. Maybe I'll force you to... But it's still almost a checklist. It's almost a checklist, but you're actually utilizing checklists a lot more. We're using checklists within the Trello cards, yeah. but the whole the whole thing, whether you made cards or the yeah, checklists exactly, within yeah. cards, it's still all the but you, checklist But you have method. simplified the amount of work you have to do. I, I have for, for, our, for our Build Your Library Torchlight around the world. I have simplified it. We're still... I'm still trying out that new system, so I, yeah. I won't do a video about it quite yet because I want to make sure that we're really happy with it before yeah. I publish it. But I'm happy about it. Uh, I, I like it too. But in general, the checklist idea is everything I've got to do for the week. Put yeah. it all down in a giant list 
and then check it off in whatever order you want. That's the whole thing. This is all the stuff that has to get done this week. And I'm just going to, you know, oh, hey, the kids are not really into doing math right now. We're going to do this art project. Great. Check that off. But then later in the afternoon, ah, math works. Okay. We're going to do that now. Check. Yeah. Right. Check, 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 check. By the end of the week, you try to check everything off. And if you weren't able to, maybe the next week you adjust, You maybe you pick up a couple of the items you didn't finish from the previous week. Or, or you say, oh, on Saturday or Sunday, we just need to do a little bit to finish stuff right. up. Or maybe you adjust your weekly expectation and, you know, maybe I can't do quite that many things in a week, right? So, but yeah, this is, this is also, I would say this is right up there with loop scheduling as it's not quite as carefree as loop because loop doesn't really, um, doesn't Say that really you doesn't have, have to a do standard yeah, of how yeah. much you have to get done in a week. Yeah. So this isn't quite as easy. This would be the next step beyond loop is just to have a checklist. Go through it in whatever order works for you and your kids. And we find that for our family, this works really great. We don't schedule that we're going to do math at a specific time, that kind of thing. We just, it's all on a checklist. If, if some days you'll get two math lessons done, that means the next day we don't do a math lesson. Because we satisfy their checklist, we're good. Exactly. Um, so it's just an idea. But we're also, I'm also kind of using the checklist as a reverse planning method, where I'm able to log all the items that we're doing for math and reading. Because I think there's a slight reporting requirement for our 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 co-op. I'm mean, uh, the uh, the That's the true, parent, parent partnership. partnership. So I am now that. logging all the math work that we're doing and I'm able to use the checklist as kind of a reverse planning. So the minute we finish something, I quickly pull out Trello and I go to do, 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 add as a checklist item. And even if you had this on paper and you were just saying, Hey, we're going to do a few math lessons a week. When you get it done, you just say, Oh yeah, we did page this. Yeah. And we don't even, we don't even say, Oh, we're going to do these specific lessons. We just say, we're going to do the next lesson in math and reading and whatever that is. And we're going to do however many a week. And then that's our checklist. And so sometimes we get three done a week and sometimes we only get two done and we don't beat ourselves up about it. Absolutely but not. checklists have worked really well for our family. So hopefully this gave you a few good ideas. So that's kind of completing the you know weekly scheduling ideas. Hopefully this gave you a lot of cool ideas, maybe something that you can implement in your homeschool family, um, your environment, maybe tweak something you're doing, maybe combine a couple of these. Obviously we are combining a couple of these ideas, whether it's the scheduling right. or the loop scheduling, the one, you know, kind of the one subject a day with kind of this a lot of uh, extracurricular activities and kind of this amalgamation of this wild week because we do have a very wild week and we're having to really be thoughtful on what we do on a daily basis, which is what we talked about in the last episode. And then thinking more in terms of the week as a chunk of homeschooling time, we've had to kind of look at both of those. So hopefully this episode about the weeks the second episode in this scheduling series helped you out and we're going to be doing a third episode about the year and how to plan the whole year coming up and they'll be in the next episode. Let's end it the way we always do on what we're into. So let's talk a little bit about emotional toolboxes. So we have our learner, our f- almost six-year-old, going to the parent partnership, which is the homeschool public school partnership where we do all the education at home. And there's these wonderful enrichment classes. One of the classes there is called Fundergarten. And we have this wonderful teacher. And she came up with this wonderful idea about getting these little plastic toolboxes for each one of the students. Because a lot of the kids that were going into her class were kind of these COVID children where they haven't actually been either to preschool or they've you know been at home for a long period of time. This might have been the first time they've stepped back out into the real world. Wasn't the case for our our learner, but there might have been the case for for some of these kids. She came up with this idea of getting these really you know playful 
you know, tool toolboxes from like Lowe's or Home Depot, plastic, and putting in objects and items into the toolbox that would help them when they got a little bit of anxious, a little scared, you know, maybe they missed home. They got know, a little frustrated. A little frustrated, things that they could put in there. You know, I think our learner put in some Legos. She put in a picture of her mommy and daddy, a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> she put in a, a short book that she a liked, a Disney that... princess book. Yep. So now this is this is out of school, but... We love the idea, and our learners been so into it. And I yeah. think it's a really cool idea for homeschools too. If you could tell your kids, you know, what would they put in their toolbox? What mm-hmm. things would they use to help them get over something that they might be struggling with when they're having a frustrated moment? They're working mm-hmm. on something challenging, and they're and they're getting really tense and upset about it. Could they go over to their toolbox, and open it up, and get something out of lovey? Anything that would make them feel a little bit better would help them to calm down. Maybe this is something that you use for a child that tends to get very angry and they need, they need, you know, calming mechanisms or a child that gets very anxious. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought the whole idea of having this little plastic toolbox, our daughter loves the concept. Well, she likes, she'd be dazzled it with yeah, grandma. Yeah. All the kids kind of decorated him. She spent about an hour and a half decorating it with grandma. It was very fun. And so it's something that I think, even if it wasn't at a school, I would bring it into our homeschool. And, yeah. and I think we will try to come up with a, a version of this at home for her to, you know, have some little funny reminders or things, things that make her smile when mm-hmm. she might be having a tough day, e- even if it's not at homeschool necessarily, just a tough day being a sibling. Sometimes it's yeah. it's rough being a big sister and you know, having a toddler that's, you know, constantly smashing all of your Duplo creations <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, trying to steal food off your plate at lunch. But it's and, a, you know. it definitely feels like something that can evolve over time, especially when they get a little bit older. You know, she's got the audio book thing that she's into. Um, she's maybe, once she gets some, some books that she can, you know, when she's reading uh, alone, she may have some books that she might be into, especially, right. you know, coming up through 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And, you know, you can imagine a box of things that they know are their favorite things. They might put a diary in there. They might put, you know, special objects that they really, you know, that makes them feel good about the, you know, we all have those things that we go to, you know, oh, I... I, I'm really upset. I, I, I just pull out my book and I read, right? The, right. We, we all have these a, things. a shell from the, yeah. uh, the beach on a vacation that you took or, or that they, reminds, yeah, her reminds her to be calm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I loved the idea and our child totally took to it. So maybe that gives you an idea of something you can do in your homeschool because it it certainly was uh, something I hadn't heard of and, and our kid clicked with it immediately. And I was thinking just could be a good thing for a lot of families and ours included even at home yeah so head out to lowe's get yourself a five dollar <laughs> toolbox and <laughs> fill it with happy things and see if that helps your learner through some challenging emotional issues so an emotional toolbox is the thing we're kind of into this week so thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media join our homeschool together podcast group on facebook and find us at Homeschool Together Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!